Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Here in the studio tonight, you've got Ian, the Reverend Captain Kickass is here. And Nikki. You know, you're probably our youngest regular co-host. Yeah, uh, you're in your probably. Mid, you're in your mid-20s, early mid-20s, somewhere in that range. And, uh, you know, whenever you look at social media trends, usually the young people are the ones that are leading the, those yeah, trends. Yeah, usually. Right? So... People that are still on Facebook are like way behind the ball. That they're saying that Facebook's audience is older; it's skewing older as younger people have dropped off in the last roughly decade and have moved over to other platforms like TikTok. For instance, you hear a lot about TikTok. Snapchat maybe is still kind of a thing. Yeah, Snapchat's Insta- still a thing. Instagram. I mean, that's Instagram's kind of kept it kept it going. Yeah, to some extent. Um, is there anything like new that I don't know about? Is there some there sort probably of, is. You don't even know. About you no, know, I, I, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm not really in the know. Mm-hmm. I'm still on Facebook, so I Are guess really? I'm, I am. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And I've tried to delete my Facebook several times just because I hate Facebook. You tried but to. I, I do. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's the worst part, right? So I, I delete it. I do delete it, and then I end up getting back on. Okay. For like. Mm. Could because of my business or family or whatever, but now me- you you do like um, medical stuff. You're a, you're a yeah. nurse by mm-hmm. trade. You are a doula, I believe, mm-hmm. as well. Yep. And so, how does Facebook help you with your business? I know that some I local have- business owners swear that it helps bring people through the front oh, door. Yeah. yeah, I've gotten several clients off of Facebook. Wow. So. Oh man, that's that so is it, tough. Yeah, so it's like eh, marketing, and I don't pay the money because mm-hmm. if. If you give them money for advertising, I heard it, it works very well, but I just refuse. I'm like, I can't give. Yeah. I can't give them any more money. Me neither. I think we tried that for a short period of time at one point many years ago. I think we did Google AdWords and also yeah. the Facebook advertising. And I just came to the same conclusion. It's like, you know what? Uh, I'm just, I just don't want to give these people money. Yeah. So, morally, it's not worth it. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, if you want to jump into the conversation, it's about social media. This, the article is called, We're Witnessing the End of Social Media. So, hmm. Bogus at uh, MSN.com says, It's over. Facebook is in decline. Twitter is in chaos. In fact, they were just, I think they just laid off, uh, he mentions it here, uh, that Facebook laid off 11,000 people. Wow. Recently. I didn't even know they, I've, I don't know why I didn't think they employed that many people, but... They must employ much more than that, right? Oh, of because course. Because that was only a, a fraction of yeah. their, their workforce. Uh, Twitter had like 7,500 when Musk took over at the beginning of this month, and he has slashed and burned at least 50%. Some say as many as 75% of the employees at Twitter. Of course, they were losing money hand over fist at Twitter to the tune of $4 million a day. It was not a sustainable business in any way, shape, or form. It was basically an activism empire. There was no revenue beyond... Mm, I didn't know that. Social networking had its problems, collecting friends instead of, well, being friendly with them, for example. But they were modest compared with what followed. Slowly and without fanfare, around the end of the aughts, social media took its place. The change was almost invisible, but it had enormous consequences. Instead of facilitating the modest use of existing connections, largely for offline life to, for instance, organize a birthday party, social software turned those connections into a latent broadcast channel. All at once, billions of people saw themselves as celebrities, pundits, and tastemakers. And I remember the time when Facebook was actually useful for doing an event. 
So this is how all the free staters up here in New Hampshire, for listeners that are new to the program, we're, um, some of our hosts are part of this migration of libertarian activists here to New Hampshire, and it's called the Free State Project. And one of the ways that those people got in touch in the earliest days was we had internet forums and we had uh, like you, like Yahoo groups. I don't know. If this is probably before uh, your yeah, time. I've never even heard of that. <laughs> so a, a Yahoo group or a Google group, as Google got into it at some point, was essentially an email chain or an email group where you would you would have 25 or 50 or however many people in this email list, essentially. And you'd send an email to one email address and would automatically go to all of those people. And so that was the way a lot of people communicated. Forums were also very popular where, again, you would have these sort of threaded communications with different topics and all that. And Facebook came in at some point, replaced MySpace, and really brought some new things to the table. They kind of wrapped up all these features in one. They had the ability to do kind of forum sort of posts. They also had this event feature where you could say, hey, this weekend we're doing uh, you know, a get-together in Keene at this restaurant and you know, come on out or we're going to do this activism thing in Manchester or whatever. And then people would indicate that they were going to go to those events. And at some point, Facebook just like disemboweled that feature from their their I whole... I think they still have site. that. Yeah, the they have it, but what... One it of the doesn't things, seem to work as well as it used to, Isn't though. that weird? Yeah. So, like, one of the things that happened was they would cripple the features on it eventually. They they said, oh, well, it used to have a select all button. So if you had 100, 200, 500 friends or yeah. whatever, you could just hit the select all button. And then it would send invites to all of your friends. Yeah, that way you don't have to go through, like, 500 them. people and click yeah. them. Yeah. They got rid of that. Hmm. Why? I don't know. Uh, they got rid of that feature. And there was, like, for a while, there was, like, this hack... Um, you could get a plugin for your browser that would sort of hack that feature yeah. back in, but eventually they, you know, they managed to defeat that yeah. that somehow. And it ended up being that I, on my Facebook account, ended up never seeing invites. I would be told like, "Oh, well, I invited you to this event." It's like they didn't give me a notification of the invite. I didn't see it. And at that time, you know, I was I was addicted. Go ahead, Major. Welcome, Captain. An unexpected pleasure. But indeed, sir. Sorry, that's that's the uh, major's the major's uh, what do you call it? His slogan. Oh, but, it's, uh, it's the, theft, the theft of the inner tube, and I'm going to end up on virgin wool if you'll be so kind to let me do the roundabout here. The theft of words. So, uh, oh, geez, this it, it, it's craziness. How okay, focus. <laughs> what was you talking about to start with? Uh, I, I lost my. Point. We were talking about the end of social media, or at least that is what the um, oh, yeah, an article yeah, yeah. at MSN is proclaiming. So it made me call in. I'm looking at one of these stupid fifty cent bumper stickers I bought, and it says, "Welcome to the internet. Now you can meet millions of losers." <laughs> and it just tickled my Elmo. I had to buy it, and now you guys are talking about it. So first book. Good God almighty. So you're celebrating the end of social media, it sounds like. You think this is a, a good thing? I think it's poison. Mm -hmm. I, I think there's a strong do. argument for that. I, I, I don't know. I Like, social media has done some pretty great things, whether you know it or not. Uh, particularly for the freedom-oriented community. Right? And that is to say that prior to the internet... There were people who existed on planet Earth, I know, I was one of them, mm -hmm. who had thoughts of like, well, why does this happen? And why does that happen? And 
well, how come there, why is there a conflict of interest with like who pays both the prosecutor, the judge and the policeman? Right. Why do they all draw their check from the same place? Right. Like, mm-hmm. you know, these types of thoughts. And like you would ask these questions amongst your friends and your family and they just look at you like you're crazy. And so the Internet has done some very useful things by allowing people to realize that they were part of a much larger community. Yeah, but did we need to have social media for that to happen? I mean, I think is so. there a line between forums and the like? We were just talking about email lists and well, forums. Well, I consider forums social media. Emails, oh. no. Forums, yes. Okay, so... This hasn't, go ahead. this hasn't changed since the Monopoly game started. Daddy Warbucks is still running the bank. I have no idea what yeah, that has to do with social media. Are you referring to Are you refer, referring to the fact that Facebook are... You're getting a little too out there for me, Major. Are you referring to the fact that Facebook is a mega corporation owned by a billionaire? I'm referring to the fact that all large, relevant media is controlled. I just read an article today. It was an interview with the inventor. Of Mastodon? Yeah, but it was like, uh, it was a lefty pub. I think Wired or something did an interview with him. And I was reading through it and I was like... You know, this is great. This is excellent exposure. This will, mm-hmm. hopefully, this will educate people on the value of decentralization mm. and, like, sort of turn them towards further decentralization projects. Cryptocurrency, for example. And we have Elon Musk to thank for this. Well, I don't, you know, do we have him to thank for this? Okay, sure. I mean, his a, actions spurred the way. leftists to all of a sudden start publicizing the competition, which is Mastodon. Right. right. But what I'm hoping for is that this is an educational opportunity for social media active people to learn the value of decentralization without having to sort of come through cryptocurrency. Up until now, cryptocurrency is really the only provable decentralized value system you know Mm -hmm. the blockchain you know technical people are all about this kind of stuff right now but the common folk really are just kind of ah you know you say these words we don't but now they're just upset with twitter and they're like oh we're gonna go over to this alternative and then they discover why it's better like to me that's an educational opportunity that can't be repeated. Yeah, uh, Mastodon has its ups and its downs. I'll I'll say Agreed. that as somebody who's operating a Mastodon server, we have our own. It's yes. social.freetalklive.com. You can try it out for yourself. Go over there and you have the freedom more of a freedom to express yourself there than you will on places like Twitter and Facebook. That's for sure. And I'm sure we'll come back around to Mastodon, but the story that I've got here is talking about kind of how social media got its start. And this person in this article at MSN uh, he says that he thinks that social media started at the end of the aughts. Now, for listeners that don't know, that's like 2009, 2008. Those are those years, that decade are considered the aughts. What do they cite as the, as the you know, precipice? The, that's the thing. He's not real clear. Genesis. He's not real clear on what exactly Cause, changed. Because you and I know, Ian, like bulletin boards yes. were the genesis of social media. You're talking about in the early 90s, the yeah. late 80s. These uh, inter- they weren't even internet-connected systems. They were just phone lines hooked up to... <laughs> Uh, computers is it the end have have we witnessed the beginning of the end of social media because a lot of people would say no social media you know elon musk taking over twitter he's breathing new life into it there's been more signups for instance i think there in the last two weeks or something than recent months i have noticed a change in twitter Mm -hmm. and 
I think I mentioned this on Beard Talk Live at some point. Somehow I clicked on the right number and quantity of things, and somehow Twitter started feeding me bikini girls holding freshly caught fish. Is this a positive change? Well, so they no longer serve me uh, bikini girls in freshly caught fish. Oh. So whatever happened, bef- you know, this was before, right at the precipice of, right before Elon finally actually took over Twitter. Mm-hmm. Like, I did something. I don't know what it was. I clicked on the right things, and the algorithm was like, hey, we're he going to serve this. you up. He, he needs <laughs> bikini girls holding freshly caught fish. Now, mind you, I'm not a fisherman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't no, think you were against it, though. I have no, but like, I like bikini girls. So okay. I'm like, ah, you know, okay, whatever. So, but like, out of nowhere, this happened, and I told a couple people about it. And then, like, it's it gone. gone. And it was right as Elon took over. So Weird. I'm being served up different stuff. And I'm not that active on Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not, like, a power user. I scroll a bunch occasionally. I'll like a thing. I rarely retweet anything, right? So I'm not a mm-hmm. power user. I have very few followers. I follow, like, very few people by comparison to some of these mega people who 40,000 followers, and they're, like, celebrating. They're like, since the change, I acquired, like, 15,000 new followers over mm-hmm. the weekend. And I'm like, yeah, I'll just be over here with my, like, 400 people or whatever, yeah. you know? So, but they're serving me up a whole different palette of stuff now huh. than they were before, and I have to attribute it to the changes. Is at it Twitter. better now? I mean, or just different? I don't, I don't necessarily miss the the freshly caught fish bikini girls, mm-hmm. but it's certainly different. I'm getting mm-hmm. uh, more content. It's actually probably better, I think, okay, because I'm getting more text based content. I'm getting more uh, things with links to other sources, whereas, like on Facebook, for example, if you're not linking to a Facebook link, that's a low priority yeah, for Facebook. Yeah, it doesn't get shared around Like a if lot. it's a YouTube or a Twitter link or whatever, mm-hmm. unless it's a photo. Facebook loves photos. So if you send a photo of something on another social media thing, Facebook will promote that hmm. as long as there's not a, an accompanying link to that other company. But Twitter is just like, it seems to be a little more fast and loose now, a little more Wild West. Mm. Social media is the thing you spend your free time on. And you get a little bit of fun out of it or whatever. You have your little spats with people or you do whatever it is you do there. And then you turn it off and you get back to doing hopefully productive things. Some people, it consumes all of their their time and they don't do anything productive. Social media is their job. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Right, That's and true. they manage many social media accounts right. for many social media managers, different yeah. people, and and so this is a career for them. So true, they have to be on it and on top of it. I and get that in it and that kind of a thing. But like I know to answer the question that the article seems to be asking, is this the end of social media? Mm-hmm. No, absolutely not, because social media precedes the internet. What are you talking about? Predates the internet. You're talking about like a bulletin board in the center of downtown where people can post. Go even further back. Let's go to CB radio. Oh, yeah. Yeah. CB radio. Like the similarities between CB radio and and having a handle and an internet and a chat group and all these things like that all happened with CB radio. So like it's just a different flavor of this. What it is is human beings desire to communicate en masse. That's true. We desire to broadcast. We desire to be, you know, accepted or argued with or, uh, you know, any of these things that happen both on Citizen Band Radio, much less the Internet. We desire for all these things to happen. It's just a question of what is the format, right? If the Internet died tomorrow, 
all of these things that happen on the internet and on CB radio would happen just in a different place. Probably, mm-hmm. maybe they'd go back to CB radio for a while till they figured out some other way to do it. I wonder if there was as much drama on CB radio back in the day. There must have been if there were enough people, right? <laughs> I I have a small bit of experience. One of my uh, parental units owned a base station. Yes, yeah, right? I had Which one would as be a the, kid. It'd be like you running a Mastodon server, mm-hmm. right? It's kind of the same thing. You just have this big, <laughs> powerful antenna. Yep. You can quote step on yeah, unquote guys. other people yeah. and like sort of override them with your broadcast. Oh, I remember. Um, and so, but these are things that you know still happen today. Just it's a different flavor. It's a different yeah. venue. It's a different method. He says it's a terrible idea that's entirely and completely bound up with the concept of social media itself. Systems erected and used exclusively to deliver an endless stream of content. But now perhaps it can also end. The possible downfall of Facebook, Twitter, and others is an opportunity not to shift to some equivalent platform, but to embrace their ruination, something previously unthinkable. A long time ago, many social networks walked the earth. Six Degrees launched in 1997. I've never even heard of it. Uh, He says, named after a Pulitzer-nominated play based on a psychological experiment, it shut down soon after the dot-com crash of 2000. The world wasn't ready yet. Friendster arose from its ashes in 2002. Wow, Friendster. I've heard of it, but I don't know anything about it. In at least a decade. Followed by MySpace and LinkedIn the next year, then HI5 and Facebook in 2004, the latter for students at select colleges and universities. Remember that? That was how Facebook started. Yep. MySpace had some things right. I'm not saying that they were great at everything. You mean they, where you could like design your own page? You could have your space. own page. Yeah. It actually taught you like oh a valuable skill, like a little bit of HTML coding, and yeah. you could embed things into your page and that kind of. But if you married, and but what they didn't have, which is what all social medias have now, at least the the Twitters and the MySpace, the the, the big ones, what the LinkedIn, what they all have now is algorithms. Mm-hmm. MySpace had none of that. It was literally all organic. I kind of like that, though. Yeah, that's what I'm sure. saying. That's for what sure. I'm saying. Yeah. That's so. If you could marry, you know, sort of the best parts of MySpace with sort of the best parts of Mastodon, I think mm. you would have a winning combination that a lot of people might migrate to. Maybe. I don't or know. is I'm it too thinking. late? Or is it too late? Is this the end? Is it? Is TikTok the the culmination, the apex of what social media can become? Is it all downhill from here? I I do not get onto. I see TikTok videos from time to time. Mm-hmm. When they're cross-posted on other social media, sure. I do not subscribe to TikTok in any way. I don't have an account. I don't go there. I don't have the. It's app. never hooked you. It's yeah. You've it's never just, really yeah, said. Not, I've got to be there for this. I'm not that guy. No, I can't. No, I can't do TikTok. People send me TikToks all the time. People mm-hmm. are obsessed with How? it in Instagram over other social media. No, yeah, you can yeah, still on fa- link on to, Facebook. Usually, it's you usually can still on link Facebook. It. Yeah. You can still go to yep. TikTok sure. users' page and see their content without yep. actually having an account. Right, but you can't really like scroll and look around. You need to make an Not account if you want to do yeah. that. Yeah, right. you. So people send it to me usually on Facebook, but um, I just can't. Oh no, I remember what I was going to say. Instagram has kind of adopted the. TikTok style. Mm-hmm. So Instagram does reels now. Uh-huh. So and is what YouTube. I've noticed, mm-hmm. yep. So what I've noticed is people will do it's and it's the same stuff that's on TikTok. So I think a lot of people will post the same stuff on Instagram and TikTok and kind of cross post. Mm-hmm. Sure. But they use the same type of music, the same dances. It's it's pretty much the same. So that was something that was very interesting for me because I like Instagram and I'll kind of, you know, I'll watch some of the reels. Some of them are funny. 
but I get sick of it real quick. Mm. I can't like some people on TikTok, they 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 talk about this like black hole they get sucked into where they will literally be scrolling through TikTok for five hours oh my God. and then look up at the clock and be like, oh my goodness, yeah, but, is it already like four o'clock in the morning? I can't imagine doing that. But it's that's, crazy. Wow. But that's like video games do that to people, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. TikTok isn't the first thing to do this. That's true. Yeah, that's true. And like this is a this is a people problem, not a technology problem. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Well, I'm also still upset that Instagram in a free market society would be a cocaine vending machine. Someday, Captain. I like. I'm you just, can do that. I refuse someday. to frequent or even deliberately go to Instagram mm-hmm. because it is falsely named. Just of the name. Uh, so you know, I've heard that the, as far as young people using TikTok, we were commenting on this earlier that this is where a lot of young people have left uh, Facebook and they're now on TikTok. Yeah. Supposedly, they even use it as a search engine. There have been some people who have attempted to create some. Um, uh, We'll call it data centric uh, things. Like, do you remember a, a thing called Made Safe? Oh yeah, yeah. We had the the, uh, massive, one of the spokespeople for that on the show. Multiple massive times. array internet disk secure access for everyone, yeah. which is a big acronym. Made M A I D Safe S A F E. Big mm-hmm. acronym. What their concept was is they just wanted to give data uh, permissions back to the individuals. They wanted to sort of encapsulate your personal data into one bubble, and then you would have to give voluntary permission to any other thing you shared your personal data with. And you could be like, I only want to share my name. I only want to share my address. I only want to share my phone number. I don't want to share I mean, any of I mean, that would be things. nice. Right? Like, you, they would mm-hmm. put the control back into... And so, like... Those ideas... I thought it was also supposed to be like a decentralized internet where hosting could be done through... Right. The whole, like, a crypto network, basically. So so these ideas... And they're not the first one. That's just the one I remember Mm -hmm. off the top of my head. There's been several other organizations attempting to do similar things over the course of time that have... You know, maybe they're still in development or maybe they failed and they're morphing into something else. Did it ever come out, made safe? I don't think it ever, like, actualized as a thing. Hmm. But I think some of those people still have those ideas and are morphing into other places and i think what we're seeing of course is the evolution of individual data on the internet it's going to continue along this social media path for a while right people are going to invent new ways or new features or be more competitive with the features that they currently offer or don't offer like musk has said oh we're going to offer long-form video streaming like youtube Mm -hmm. right so uh you know they're going to start cutting into each other's you know, uh, methods or competition, right? They start competing more with each other. And so as these large social media companies homogenize, if you will, and start offering similar services to each other, well, that's just going to open up uh, an opportunity for these all to morph back into one of these decentralized uh, sort of data management companies where you subscribe to a service for a fee and then you voluntarily decide how much and what data you want shared with what companies. And I think that's a good thing in the long term. In the short term, it's going to be kind of chaos. I don't think I think we're beyond the days of seeing like a new social media company sort of come out of nowhere and everybody mass exodus like they did from uh, MySpace to Facebook. Yeah. Mass, I don't think we're going to see anything like that again. I think that that was just sort of a thing about the beginning of the internet, the beginning of what's known now as social media, that mass exodus thing. I think it'll happen in the ways that it's happening now, which is uh, somebody gets a little mad at Elon for buying Twitter, and so they're looking for alternatives. 
It's about time people who are on social media, who have maybe they've been on Facebook forever since its inception, and they don't know any other social media or how to interact. Well, time to learn. This is evolution. Yeah. Evolution requires learning. By the way, uh, MadeSafe is still around. It's apparently in an nice. alpha state right now, which for listeners that don't know, that means it's a very early uh, release. I'm, I'm surprised. So, I've heard nothing about it yeah. for, yeah, I don't know, a decade. Their current website is safenetwork.tech, if you're interested in going and learning more about that. So what we were looking at here is the uh, this, this article at MSN that's kind of talking about the end of social media, and he's going into kind of the history of social media. What was it before social media? Well, we had social networking, and I think he makes an interesting distinction there. You know, because we were just, Captain, you were saying, well, all of this stuff was social media going all the way back to the bulletin board yeah. systems in the day. CB radio. CB radio was certainly a social interaction. There's no doubt about it. But I think the distinction he's making, at least in this story, is that social media is more focused on the platform onto which you can cast, if you will, broadcast your media content, mm -hmm. whether it be video, audio, or whatever, to a larger audience who of people you don't know versus social networking, which was... You are kind of interacting with people that you do know. Although You're in that, the club. But that wasn't yeah. true necessarily with CB or with bulletin board systems. In many cases, you didn't know those those people. So right. I don't know. It, it's, it's a little blurry, but he does make kind of an interesting argument that social media, he says, didn't start until around 2009 when people started getting smartphones. Instagram started, uh, and he says that uh, people were forging ties to people that we would mostly ignore, social media offered platforms through which people could publish content as widely as possible beyond their networks of immediate contacts. Mm -hmm. Social media turned you, me, and everyone into broadcasters, if aspirational ones. The results have been disastrous, but also highly pleasurable, not to mention massively profitable, a catastrophic combination. Well, it wasn't profitable for Twitter, at least, because they haven't made a dime. Apparently not, and I was ever. actually very surprised to hear that. Jacksonville caller on the line here. I'm sorry, I forgot to write your name down, dude. Go ahead. What's your name? No problem. I'm, I'm your publishing house owner. I, I wanted to call in and talk to you guys about mm -hmm. private property. Uh, also, one of the advertisers that I it, it appears to be supporting the uh, the stream, uh, and I've looked at their website. It's uh, porcupinerealestate.com, I believe. Yeah, sure. Mark Warden. And, and I kind of wanted to comment real quick, too, on the uh, – the social media thing, because social media is never going to go away. We've always had social media. We've had a, uh, an exhibit in some of the most famous museums around the United States where people used to make posters, and this was their form of social media. Uh, sometimes they just use text on the posters, mm -hmm. and then they print out many of them with the printing press many, many years ago. And so even if we have to go back to that because we've been banished off every platform, that's fine. We're still going to do it. Well, that's, a, that's a good point. I actually brought that up earlier when uh, the captain was talking about older forms of social media. He brought up CB radio, and I was saying, well, what about people posting in the old town square? You, know, you go yeah. up to a cork board, and you post the, the party, or you post the, the gathering, or whatever that you're going to have, let people know about it. To, to the caller's point, uh, even when I was doing the band thing uh, out on the West Coast, Yes, we had social media, as many accounts as we could possibly fathom to manage ourselves. Mm -hmm. But we also had uh, we had groups in our cell phone, like a list in our cell phone that were like, 
you know, people who always come to our shows. You'd message them And we'd directly. message them specifically in advance of everybody else. Mm-hmm. It was sort of pre-Patreon stuff, right? You know, like these are our super fans. We're going to make sure we communicate with them. They'll come uh, out. And that kind of a thing. But we also did, we did handbills. We did posters. There was a website called, uh, I think, Poster Giant or something like that, where you could take an image and upload it, and it would divide it evenly into eight and a half by 11 sheets of paper. Huh. And you could print it out and assemble it at, like, the venue you oh. were going to play. So you would have like a five foot by five foot poster on their wall it was sweet man. that's pretty cool and so but you don't ignore the analog because you have digital you need to combine them both as a strategy mm-hmm. if that's what you're trying to promote if you're trying to promote your business or yourself or your music or whatever it is you have to encompass all of it for most of us we believe in life liberty and property and we want our own private property right we want to be able to um have our own land that we can do with as we see fit, harassment free. And uh, and probably that's what you were looking for when you had him come out and, and show you uh, some different properties that you could either invest in or um, purchase for your own or what, whatever. It might yeah, I mean, be. that's definitely the dream, right? I mean, of course, we all have governments to deal with which want to use violence against you if you don't pay them for their property tax extraction. So what are you leading at here? I'm not really sure where you're going. Well, the... The, what my my end goal here is to inform everyone that when you buy up uh, large multifamily facilities, like if you buy up a big apartment complex, mm-hmm. you may have the best intentions of providing people with um, uh, some kind of reasonable housing. And we have apartments all around where I'm at here in Florida as well. Uh, some of them do contact me back when I ask them basic questions. Some of them don't. But none of them have a reasonable way of life. You know, they have all these guest policies where you can't have guests over for more than a couple hours or maybe more than a couple days. Or there's certain places they have to park and they can't be too loud during this time or that time. Or you can't have family over. Well, it sucks having to manage people. Did you or someone you love work, live, or serve at Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1988? If you or someone you know lived, served, or worked at Camp Lejeune between 1953 and 1988 and has cancer, Parkinson's disease, or another serious health issue, they are entitled to compensation. To see if they are eligible, they need to call Liberty Legal. Contaminants in the drinking water have led to these serious diseases and legislation is now available for veterans and family members who may qualify for financial help from the government. There may be a time deadline, so don't wait. Call 888-918-1037. Anyone that has lived, worked, or served at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1988 and has had cancer, Parkinson's disease, or another serious health issue, the money is already set aside. 888-918-1037. 888-918-1037. When you're doing social media, you want to own your own social media. You don't want to just rent some social media and then have it deactivated, sure. all your contacts removed. All oh, yeah, your for sure. You know what I mean? And you want that same thing with your property. And mm-hmm. so you don't want to have an apartment where you spend five years paying for all this apartment stuff for years. Well, yeah, but some for some people, having an apartment is the right thing to do, right? Like yeah. they don't want to settle down in a certain place. 
They may aren't they maybe aren't sure where they want to put roots down. I mean, not to mention having money, being able to qualify for a mortgage if you need to go through the bank. Saving for your down payment. Or yeah. some people I owning there's a lot that goes into homeownership. Yeah, it's having, a pain in the butt. You know, the whole property I mean, and it's things a lot. break and you got to pay for it. Yeah, and if you're... sometimes it's nice to be a, for for some people. They like the ease of just paying rent, living somewhere, and having their landlord take care of all of the and rest. If you want to walk away as a renter, yeah, once it's that a lot lease easier. Is out, you can walk away from a uh, you know way problem. easier to walk away from a rental. So I don't know, Greg. Uh, there's ups and downs to both of these sides, you know. Well, these these are all arguments that people have made for many years to push rental properties, and they make sense. I mean, I've been a renter myself, right? Mm-hmm. I've, I've rented properties all over the United States and Mexico, and I understand the reason why people rent properties. Um, but really, if someone has the opportunity to own a property instead of renting a property, they're going to own the property. They're not going to rent it, even if they want less to deal with and less yeah. whatever. If they have a house, they can just hire someone else to manage it. They can just hire someone else to mow it and clean it and whatever they want, whenever they want to. And right. if they rent a place... They and you can even take like an existing property that you own if it's a multifamily and you move out or whatever. You can turn that over to a, a management company. Yeah, I think that's what he's saying. Yeah, and they'll yeah. do all the things. And so I have a question for you, and that is, where is the sweet spot with regards to multifamily properties? Because... Like my personal goal is I want to own, I don't know, two or three, you know, two, maybe three unit properties, duplexes, triplexes, that kind of a thing. And then, you know, when I hit 65, I want to be able to turn them over to a property management company where mm-hmm. they deal with all the crap, right? The renting, the re-renting, the collecting of the rent, the mowing, the snow plowing, the, you know, if something breaks, they call the plumber, that kind of a thing. Mm. But I want those properties to sort of be my post-retirement income. So is that the sweet spot? Is there a better strategy for somebody like me? Okay, my argument is going to be that these apartment communities, these giant mega apartments that are going up everywhere, all over North America, are not only harming our just basic lifestyle and our ability to live with our families, but it's keeping people from having a lifelong investment that they can then pass down to their future generations. Um, and And it's really... a keeping us from being attached to something that we can be proud of. Yeah, I I do get the point you're making because I do. And it it goes hand in hand with the city living, right? The 2003 paper published in Enterprise Information Systems made an early case that drives the point home. The authors proposed social media as a system in which users participate in information exchange. The network, which had previously been used to establish and maintain relationships, becomes reinterpreted as a channel through which to broadcast. Now, this was a novel concept. When News News Corp, a media company, these people that own Fox News, uh, bought MySpace in 2005, the New York Times called the website, quote, a youth-oriented music and social network networking site complete with scare quotes around social networking the site's primary content music was seen as separate from its social networking functions even zuckerberg's vision for facebook to quote unquote connect every person in the world implied a networking function not media distribution the toxicity of social media makes it easy to forget how truly magical this innovation felt when it was new. From 2004 to 2009, you could join Facebook and everyone you'd ever known, including people you had definitely lost track of, they were right there, yeah. ready to connect or reconnect. I remember when you signed up for Facebook, it would ask to 
access your email contacts mm-hmm. so that it could go and find your everybody friends. that you knew using their email address. And so uh, it did two things. One, uh, it stole your entire contact book mm-hmm. and all your yeah. email addresses. And two, it connected you with people based on their email address only, which may or may not have been people you wanted to connect with True. in the first place. But he's right about the feeling of it, right? Like it was this really unique feeling back then of like, wow, this is pretty cool. I can get in touch with all these people who I lost their phone number or they changed their location. And I have not thought about this person in a decade plus. There was a novel there they are. bit to it. The same same thing fueled, uh, what was that website uh, before? Classmates.com. Yeah, that's right. right? That, yeah. that was that same. It was the first crack at it, but it wasn't as useful. Right. And so LinkedIn has a very sort of in-between classmates and Facebook vibe to it now. Mm-hmm. I don't I've pr- never been just, on that. I so. don't participate in LinkedIn. I find it way too invasive Hmm. also like when i leave a job i don't know that i want to be connected to the job that i left yeah right not necessarily because i got you know if if i like you know did something nefarious or whatever or they fired me like that has nothing to do with this decision what it has to do with is i like a clean break Mm -hmm. right and i don't want to be judged upon you know what other people's accomplishments may or may not have been because i just happen to be associated with them no thanks i'd rather be evaluated for the accomplishments i make by myself and on my own and that are provable by me the posts and photos i saw characterized my friends changing lives not the conspiracy theories their unhinged friends had shared with them linkedin did the same thing with business contacts making referrals deal making and job hunting much easier than they'd been previously i started a game studio in 2003 when linkedin was brand new and i inked our first deal by working connections there Twitter was for talking to everyone, which was perhaps one of the reasons journalists have flocked to it. Sure, a blog could technically be read by anybody with a web browser, but in practice, finding that readership was hard. That's why blogs operated first as social networks through mechanisms such as blog rolls and linkbacks. Twitter was the evolution of IRC. You have to define IRC. For uh, who don't know. Internet relay channel. Chat. Chat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so... I worked at uh, anybody who worked in tech support in, you know, the early 2000s. They know what IRC is. Uh, it's been replaced in enterprises by things like Slack, uh, for example, yeah. th- these <laughs> chat applications. So you can communicate with teams and across the enterprise. Mm-hmm. And with the, the COVID forcing everybody to work from home, things like Slack got a whole lot more popular than they They're were terrible, previously. They're terrible, by the way. Slack is awful. They're it's useful a commercial in, tool. in a corporate environment. Yeah, but it's all centrally managed. And- it is. It is. You have to pay for it. You do. And, oh, God. It's there bad. is a free version, but if you want any it's use limited. out of it, really yeah, limited. It's, it's very limited. But no, I disagree with you because Twitter isn't like a chat room in any way, shape, or form because... Well, when it first came out, it was. There was no The, the article you just read even said it was like a giant chat room. Well, I get the point that, yeah, if, it, if you look at it as one big chat room, okay, yeah. I could see that. But IRC servers had channels. So you can't really say that Twitter was any kind of advancement over IRC if you, sure you if can. anything it was a devolution. Made it every, made it bigger. But that's a problem, right? Because then there's too much noise to find the signal. Whereas at least with IRC, you could connect to a channel that you wanted to talk. If they're talking about, you know, uh, I don't know, Magic the Gathering or tech stuff or right. whatever the you know particular programming of that channel was, you would go in there and find people that had that similar interest. There's nothing like that on Twitter. There's just people posting the things that they they want to post. There's no segment. Well, well, now they kind of have threads where you can comment under a post and just keep that thread going. But that's not really. And Twitter added algorithms, right? And so 
That's why I get the Bikini Fish Girls, because one day I clicked on something, probably had a Bikini Fish Girl in it, mm-hmm. and they were like, this guy likes, likes this. Bikini Fish Girls. We should serve him more of them. And like, I really didn't need that. What I needed was like more Liberty content and more, you know, that kind of a thing. But for whatever reason, it was the only thing the algorithm could like latch on well, to. Well, the algorithm doesn't want you to have more Liberty content. Mm. I, I, don't, I, I think the way the ag- algorithms are set now is not just... What you're clicking on, what you want to see, it's also what they want you to see. Right. The true evolution of IRC is Matrix. Matrix is a a newer version of basically IRC. Essentially does whatever IRC did and adds media sharing abilities, right? So if you want to upload a clip, audio clip with your phone's uh, element client that you're using the Matrix, you can record a message and it goes off. You couldn't do that with IRC. We could say the same about Mastodon, I guess, too. Let's go to Jack. He's on the line in Ocean Shores, Washington. Jack, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, I want to talk about social media. Sure. Yeah, I haven't been calling as much because I I got rid of my Twitter. Okay. I also uh, got off of, uh, I was on True Social. It's a lot of advertisements and repetitive things on True. And uh, I kept my Facebook because there's too many old people and family on there. Mm -hmm. Um. And I listen to you guys, but, you know, it gets so repetitive when you see people, you know, um, storming a a Rite Aid, stealing everything, or someone getting beat up for no reason yeah. or punched. And it's such negative uh, uh, energy on your brain and your spirit. And mm-hmm. I, so I've been off for about a month. That's why I haven't called as much. I don't see this stuff as often. So you're not as and, incensed uh, and you don't have anything to talk about now? Is that is that why you haven't called in? <laughs> I just, I feel better just not seeing. Yeah, sure. Well, well, that's great. Do you, just to be clear, do you listen to us through uh, like one of our social media broadcasts? I know that we, like our broadcasts still show up on like. website. Okay. I go right to Free Talk Live. So I get all the Porcupine commercials, which I like. Mark Ward, is that his name? Mark, Mark Ward. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I listen there. And you know, wait, Jack. Are you I, saying I, you only call in when you have something to say? <laughs> yeah, just kind uh-huh. of when you talk. It's almost like I that's what we're here for, right? Well, she only talks when she has something to say. Good. I'm glad, part. Jack, that you know you've disconnected from social media. It is definitely something. I remember when I quit Facebook know, five years ago. Now I think at this point. Uh, that immediately I noticed the next day I had more time. I had oh, more yeah. things I could get done in the day. And well, it was you great. don't realize how much of a time suck it is because yeah. even for me, I'll like compulsively, and I don't do it as much anymore, but for a while I would compulsively just go to the internet browser on my phone because I don't have the Facebook app. Mm-hmm. But I would always, once I deleted it and I signed out, I noticed myself going to it and then I would look at the you know login screen. Oh, and I'm not that, supposed to be here. That is what right. made me realize... And I didn't even know I was doing it. Yes, it was your unconscious. But I would do it, it several times a day, and I noticed that first mm-hmm. day I did it maybe ten, fifteen times. Wow! There's a name for this phenomena too. It's the same phenomena like when you uh, keep your phone in your pocket and then yep. you leave the house without your phone, but yet you feel the phone ring mm-hmm. in your pocket. Oh, even wow. it's not Ghost there. phone. Whatever that phenomenon is, that's the same phenomenon that yeah. you're talking about, where you just sort of unconsciously reach for the thing, mm-hmm. pull up the browser or the app, and you're like, oh wait. Right. You're yeah. right. When you log out of the browser specifically, 
when you log out or you clear your cookies, you auto logged out. It yeah. forces you to re-log in with whatever your yeah. username and password happens to be. And so it makes you think for a minute because if you just use the app on like an Android phone and you don't log out, it saves the cookie. Sure. Yeah. And so, so then the next time in, yeah. you log, you launch the browser, you're automatically logged in. There hit. it is. Boom. And it's also been tracking every other thing you've browsed since the last time you launched mm-hmm. that page. So that's how it knows how to direct marketing right. towards you. In fact, they say that if you want to be a successful tweeter, you have to tweet like 10 to 15 times a day. And it's like, Ugh. I just don't have that much to say. Yeah. You know? That much time. I, uh, I'm like maybe once every few days or something like that. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of the people who are maybe tweeting that much aren't saying anything of substance. Hmm. You know, are they know. making are they making 15 heavy hitting hmm. Well, I think the idea is you. I think the idea is you do fifteen posts a day, and maybe one of them will hit heavy, right? Like maybe you'll get a share. But it's just enough to kind of build some commotion. What I call filler, like you know, on the Twitter. Oh, I stubbed my toe. Mm. Like really, you needed to tweet that, you know? (laughs) Like I'm at a red light right now. Like I did not need to know that, nor did any of your followers. He says the notion of a global town square, as Elon Musk has put it, emerges from all of these factors. On Twitter, you can instantly learn about a tsunami in Tohoku or an omakase in Topeka. This is also why journalists became so dependent on Twitter. It's a constant stream of sources, events, and reactions, a reporting automat, not to mention an outbound vector for media tastemakers to make tastes. Automat, wow. And I will give. Do you the, know what an automat? Yeah, is? it's an old way of uh, like a robotically selling food to it's people, a, right? Basically, a sandwich vending machine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, those things aren't really around anymore. There's a few of them mm-hmm. still. Uh, there's one actually still, I think, in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Wow. Yeah. It's got a chef behind it, right? Like putting sandwiches in it. No, no. Like some of them, like they'll just like you go to the convenience store and you see like the sandwich cut into the yeah. triangle and it's got the package. Right. They'll just load those up and then you got to hit the button to spin the thing around to select the flavor of sandwich you want. And then you put huh. your money in and yeah, I've it never opens been to one the of door. these places. That's cool. Yeah. But the the original ones had it was like a diner kitchen yeah. behind it with the rotating vending machine in front of it, so you didn't have to interact with like a waiter, a waitress, right. or a cook, or leave a tip. Yeah, I mean, I will give credit to Twitter. When I left uh, Facebook, I did try out Twitter. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd already had the account, but I didn't really, like, use it or anything. And so I do think that Twitter's better as far as, yeah, they do have an algorithm, but I feel like I do see what people post on Twitter. I feel like it's – I generally don't get the feeling I'm, I'm having people hid from me specifically. Yeah. RSS for, uh, readers, that's podcasts. Uh, offered a feed of blog posts to catch up on, complete with unread counts. MySpace fused music and chatter. YouTube did it with uh, with video. In 2005, at an industry conference, I remember overhearing an attendee say, I'm so behind on my Flickr. What does that even mean? I recall wondering. But now the answer is obvious. Creating consuming content for any reason or no reason. Social media was overtaking social networking. Instagram, launched in 2010, might have built the bridge between the social network era and the age of social media. It relied on the connections among users as a mechanism to distribute content as a primary activity. But soon enough, all social networks became social media first and foremost. When groups, pages, and the news feed launched, Facebook began encouraging users to share content published by others in order to increase engagement on the service rather than to provide updates to friends. LinkedIn launched a program to publish content across the platform, too. Twitter, already principally a publishing platform, added a dedicated retweet feature, making it far easier to spread content virally across user networks. Goes to show, I had no idea Twitter didn't have the the retweet originally. 
Oh, it's apparently a newer thing. Right. Yeah, that's uh, sure. Other services arrived or evolved in this vein, among them Reddit, Snapchat, and WhatsApp, all far more popular than Twitter. Social networks, once latent routes for possible contact, became superhighways of constant isn't, content. Isn't Reddit still a forum, technically? You could I look at it that so, way. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's. Mm, I mean, it behaves that way. It's a rudimentary kind of forum, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's a very large forum, I right. guess you could say, but there's no sub forums underneath. Once you join a Reddit, you're in that Reddit, and there's no like well, I mean, sub-topics. it's it's all sub forums of Reddit, right? It's Reddit slash right, right. r slash whatever. Unfortunately, right. it's dominated by the woke left, and you know, really, also a very intolerant place to be. In their latest phase, the social networking aspects have been pushed deep into the background. Although you can connect to the app or connect the app to your contacts and follow specific users on TikTok, you're more likely to simply plug into a continuous flow of video content that is oozed to the surface via algorithm. And this goes back to what you were saying earlier, Nikki, about I think the term was the TikTok black hole. Yeah. Where you know people who will literally just blow hours of yeah. their lives away. It's a total time suck. And not realize it, just watching videos. And you know what? My big issue with TikTok is being in the same room as someone that's scrolling on TikTok is the most annoying thing mm. ever. Because it's all the stupid <laughs> songs and the sound effects. And I'm just like watching someone from the outside in. Mm-hmm. It's... I'm, I'm just wondering the psychology behind it of how somebody can sit there and watch them and not be driven crazy. And how many times do they watch the same video over again? Because don't they loop? Sometimes, yeah. Don't some, they loop? Yeah, they, they do, do loop. That. So sometimes people will watch them a few times. And... That drives me nuts. Social network's evolution into social media brought both opportunity and calamity. Facebook and all of the rest enjoyed a massive rise in engagement and the associated data-driven advertising profits the attention-driven content economy created. The same phenomenon also created the influencer economy, in which individual social media users became valuable as channels for distributing marketing messages or product sponsorships by means of their posts' real or imagined reach. What would be great, in my opinion, is if these... The same method that finds somebody known today as a social media influencer was used to find, uh, like, a social arbiter. Arbiter, right? So in the, in the absence of state. So like uh, the Irish, uh, when they had a basically stateless society for, I don't know, 1,000 to 3,000 years, depending on how you do the history on it, um, if there was a dispute amongst a community or in between two different communities, uh, they would go and find sort of like a respected, smart elder within the community, mm-hmm. right? You could call him an influencer. Uh, they called them Tuatha, yeah, right? And right. and so they would get together. Maybe the other community had one, and so the two Tuathas would get together and be like, "Hey, the, there's a dispute about property, or there's a dispute about you know a deal that you made, an agreement, or whatever." And they would try and find a way to both bring justice. Uh, if somebody was wronged, or make the situation right in the eyes of the, mm-hmm. the people who were involved. And that was sort of how disputes were handled. And it would be great if something like that could happen via social media, where mm-hmm. instead of influencers being glorified marketers... Yeah. 
Well, I think typically when they talk about influencers specifically, they're typically people that were not previously famous. I think you're right they're about that. They're people that somehow got famous from being like hot on Instagram or something. Yeah, they dance to music and they're yeah. pretty or whatever. Uh, and that's what, that's what he says here. Ordinary folk can now make mm-hmm. money or even a lucrative living, quote unquote, creating content online. Mm-hmm. The platform sold them that on a promise uh creating official programs and mechanisms to facilitate it. In turn, influencer became an aspirational role, especially for young people for whom Instagram fame seemed more achievable than traditional celebrity or perhaps employment of any kind. And, you know, I got to give these people credit. It, it's kind of like it reminds me of what happened with this Twitch phenomenon where the sort of the same thing yeah. happened where video game geeks are actually getting paid to play video games now. This yeah. was the right. old dream of ours in the 1990s. Growing up in the, the 90s and right. the 80s was like, man, yeah. can you imagine if we could get paid to play video games? Yeah. It's like, no one ever thought that would be possible. Yeah. And then 20 years later, I mean, it's some happening. of these people are making a lot of money right. on Twitch and this, all the other streaming. This author is kind of interesting. I just looked him up. Bogost? Uh, yeah, Ian Bogost is an American academic and video game designer. Oh, interesting. He holds a joint professorship at Washington University as director and professor of the Film and Media Studies program in Arts and Sciences and the McKelvey School of Engineering. He previously held a joint professorship in the School of Literature, Media, and Communication in Interactive Computing in the College of Computing at the Georgia Institute of Technology, mm-hmm. where he was the Ivan Allen College of Liberal Arts Distinguished Chair. So he's qualified studies. to have an opinion about computer things. I, yeah. I, you know, sometimes people write things and you find them interesting yeah. and you want to like look at, you know, who are they and like how did they arrive at these opinions? So, so I mean, to the, to the credit of these influencers, you know, whether they quote-unquote deserve the attention they've received or not they've gotten it right yeah. you know some teenage girl or whatever can become a 10 million follower influencer mm-hmm. not quite overnight but close enough yeah. and then that person is more popular than a lot of actual celebrities who are in movies and things like that right. you know, oh yeah and, the and there's more of like a personable aspect to it and a lot of those uh, the people who have gotten money off of making youtube videos mm-hmm. yep. you feel you know when people vlog or when they post on their instagram stories or it's so much more personable than it is with um you know like music artists people obviously have a lot to say yes right like that's people are have opinions about everything and they have the ability now to express those opinions in a way that they never did before. And that's not a bad thing, per yeah. se. And it's not new, either. People just did it face-to-face before. Right. And, and now, they can, now they can reach more people. But I think that's where the unhealthy part comes in, where, and he touches on this, that they feel like they have a right mm-hmm. to somebody seeing that opinion. And they get upset if they don't get enough likes or they right. don't get yeah. enough uh, retweets or they don't get enough spread of that opinion. And then you get people that are kind of hunting for that. Like, oh, I'm going to have this opinion because it might get me more yeah. likes or it might get me more attention. or I might get more followers. There's just kind of this chase going on where that I feel like there's some unhealthy aspect to. Well, because it's being inauthentic. If you're mm. going to share a message, just say what you actually believe and what you want to say. But when you get people who have a certain opinion just because they want more followers Mm -hmm. or because they want attention, that is so toxic because then their followers think that they have... It's just like this endless cycle of people lying and pretending. I mean, we Mm. we probably saw it with all the COVID stuff. There were a lot of people who were like, yeah, get your booster, yeah, wear your masks. But in real life, they were like, oh, I'm sick of all this. 
but they were afraid to say that. This reminds me, like, I keep drawing parallels between um, analog things of, of this nature. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I keep thinking of is, uh, like, a church, right? So it used to be, before the internet, maybe even before the state, that uh, if you uh, move to a new community or something, uh, or... You know, the digital equivalent would be join a new platform, right? Yeah. You move to a new you community. You go to the church, you meet people. You go to the church, right. you meet people. You're like, hey, I do this kind of a business. They help you out. They mm-hmm. send you leads. Oh, yeah. Yep. Bob needs some new whatever it is you're pimping. And, you know, you sort of integrate yourself. But now, do you feel like you have like a captive audience now that you're part of the church and, you know, you're chummy with the reverend and you can like sort of use that as your platform to advertise your business and service because you're part of this mm, club or whatever, mm-hmm. this platform. Like I, I just feel like there's analogies all over the place between like a social media platform and a congregation in a church. Mm. Like it's just one is the digital equivalent, much larger, obviously, because it's at scale now. But I don't feel like they're very different from each other. Well, they're not very different, but it's a little unnatural. So when you move somewhere and you go to the church or wherever and you meet people, those are people in your local community. Mm -hmm. But on social media, you just have so much of an outreach where that aspect of it, especially in marketing standpoint, it's a little unnatural. You just listened to the new extended Free Talk Live Daily Digest. We felt this format was more appropriate for our podcast audience and decided to make it our official podcast. If you subscribe to the Daily Digest or full episode RSS feeds, please resubscribe to the main FTL podcast feed, which you can find at feeds.freetalklive.com. The other feeds rely on a third-party service, and though they'll have the same content, we can't be sure how long they'll stay online. If you still want the entire radio show, you can listen live every night from 7 to 10 Eastern at freetalklive.com. Full video archives are at video.freetalklive.com, or tune into our 24-7 stream for the latest show at listen.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live's amps will continue to receive the full two-hour radio show with no recorded commercials via podcast through Patreon. So please join amps.freetalklive.com for just $5 a month. Thank you for listening to and sharing Free Talk Live.